Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. And Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana, featuring the card accepted by doctors in all 50 states. Information available at bcbsla.com or Twitter, hashtag TopDoctors. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We're at Commander's Palace Restaurant, headquarters of the New Orleans Business Lunch. All kinds of folks meet up here. One time we ran into Tom Benson, owner of the Saints and the Hornets, having lunch with Governor Jindal. Uh, though the closest I actually got to them was having my photo taken outside next to Mr. Benson's Mercedes. The uh, intersection of business and politics can be murky. One of the business ideas Mayor Nagin floated, along with turning Canal Street into a Las Vegas-style gambling strip, was selling the airport. This raised the specter of the city of New Orleans selling off a piece of Kenner in Jefferson Parish to a company possibly in Dubai and the whole operation being controlled by some ill-defined board in an office on Perdido Street. This probably less than sound idea was retired a couple of years ago when the running of the airport was placed in the hands of Iftikhar Ahmad. Iftikhar previously headed up airports in Houston and Nashville and is launching an $860 million improvement project at Louis Armstrong Airport. Iftikhar Ahmad is my guest today on Out to Lunch. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. If my other guest has his way, pretty soon we won't be able to talk about the airport. We'll have to respond with which airport. Keith Sisson is COO of Southern Airways Express, a brand new airline flying out of the airport at Lakefront. Southern Airways destinations are places you maybe can't get to from Kenner. The beaches at Destin, Gulf Shores, Panama City, along with Oxford, Mississippi, Memphis, and Birmingham. Keith, this is an exciting development and a bold business move. Welcome out to lunch. Thank you, glad to be here. The pilgrimage from here to Destin and Gulf Shores, loading up the car and taking off to the beach for a week, has been a New Orleans tradition for generations. Are family vacationers your target market in New Orleans, or is there a new generation of business traveler or folks without armloads of plastic buckets and boogie boards that you're going after the fly to the beach. Who are the customers? You talked about the, the New Orleans residents that go to Gulf Shores and Destin. Like it, it, but you stopped there. You didn't go as far as Panama City. And what we found out is uh, in our flights that we offer from New Orleans to Gulf Shores, Destin, Panama City, people are so used to the drive markets of driving to Gulf Shores, driving to Destin, uh, that they never really drove from New Orleans to Panama City before because to, to do so you would pass seven or eight great beaches along the way and you have to keep driving to get to Panama City and we're finding out now that even though that is the farthest of our beach destinations there's just not a lot of demand for folks in New Orleans to want to go to Panama City because they've been they've just for so long generations vacationed in, in places like Gulf Shores and Pensacola, Destin, now Sandestin's very popular. And a business question, you know, we've heard about 
fares to the, the beaches as low as nine dollars. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's, that can't be your real business model. Where's break even or how does it work? Well, what happens, uh, we have a, a route matrix. Uh, we, we have aircraft that are going all the time. The aircraft is almost never on the ground. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're probably getting more use out of a Cessna caravan than anybody in the, in the world. Uh, we're doing a 100 hour inspection every 12 to 14 days. Uh, so we are putting a lot of hours on this aircraft, and this aircraft is exceptionally reliable. But it's always moving. It's never on the ground. So if we have, for example, uh, a sold-out flight in Gulf Shores ready to go back to Memphis, but the plane ends up in New Orleans taking people from Panama City back to New Orleans, then we have a, a plane that goes from New Orleans to Gulf Shores that, that, might, not be, that might not be full that day. But it's got to get there anyway because it's got to get to where a full uh, plane of passengers are waiting for that aircraft to go. So in situations like that, it's like we can't cancel the flight because the, the plane has got to move to get to where all the full passengers are. So then we have an opportunity to really uh, do what we call, uh, it, it's kind of like marketing. You know, it's, it, we're not looking to make $9 off the ticket. We're looking to put somebody on the plane who might not otherwise have been on the plane anyway, give them a good experience, let them go back home, get on social media, uh, talk to their friends, and, and say how they enjoyed the flight. Iftikhar, before you took over Louis Armstrong Airport, uh, things were different. Uh, dating back to the 90s, there was talk of all kinds of corruption. We got slammed by Katrina, which decimated business and tourist air travel. And then came discussions about selling the airport or closing it to build another airport halfway to Baton Rouge. Most recently, some of the Fed's bribery allegations against Mayor Nagan included contracts for work at the airport. And the guy who you inherited your job from spent a year in jail for fraud. Uh, why has the New Orleans airport been such a source of contention? Uh, you've done this other places. Is it normal for the airport to be kind of a political hot potato like this? No, I think that uh, um, there was, New Orleans was some, somewhat unique and uh, it's a small community. Uh, uh, and we, in the aviation industry, uh, there are 530 airports that do commercial business. That, but 100 airports, the top 100, is, is one that you would know. What are we, and like in the top 40? Is that we right? actually, uh, out of the 530, we were number 40 pre-Katrina uh, in terms of how many passengers we were handling. We were knocked down to number 56 uh, right after Katrina. And uh, last year, we went up to number 40. And last month, we were number 38. Hey. So we're better than before, and uh, it's. But to answer your question, Mayor Landrew, when when he started, I started two weeks after Mayor Landrew, and he had brought in the Rockefeller Center folks, and uh, they were, they sat with me and said, well, you know, you're one of the folks that uh, he wanted us to talk to, uh, and they wanted to know about, you know, so what sort of advice they asked me would you give Mayor Landrew, and uh, <clears throat> and 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 I said, well, I'm too new to give any advice to anybody. Uh, but I said there was one thing that I, if I was to say what we should do is drink transparency. And I thought that uh, if, if one could bring transparency to an organization like the airport, I think the rest of the things would just take care of themselves. And that's exactly what we have done. I think that we, meant we didn't do a good job before. Um, and there was a lot of uh, uncertainty. Uh, when, when I walked into the room in May 2010, you know, we wanted to sell the airport, we wanted to relocate the airport, and we wanted to take that uh, and, 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 and address those right away. And with the board and with our mayor, um, we discussed it, we analyzed it, 
we, we dropped the idea of privatizing the airport. And the other thing that we didn't want to do at all, because it's not even a discussion, is to move the airport, it, was co it will cost somewhere between four and five billion dollars. Wow. And I don't think that anybody got that money. So if you don't have the money, I don't think we ought to go shopping. I think in the 60s, there was a musical chair of cities and what your role was going to be in next 30, 40 years. I think that musical chairs, when the music stopped, I think Louisiana was standing and didn't have a chair. Too bad, uh, we and yeah, the music. That's, that's right. That's I mean, and, and, and so we lost all that business to Houston and Miami, and I think they took our business. And uh, uh, and I, I kidded on with, uh, uh, you know, when I sit with our folks, I said, you know what, with enemies like us, Houston doesn't need any friends. <laughs> and I, I think, but we are now positioned to take all of that back. We, the, the 2008, 2009, what it triggered is another musical chair. And I hope, and I say that in our community, is that I hope when the music stops that we have a chair. I think this airport is going to get us that chair. And I think that while we're trying to bring more passenger enplanements, because that's what feeds our tourism community, I think that we also ought to be, and we are, focused on the business side of things. We want, as these relocations are taking place, Chiquita just left Cincinnati because Delta is not doing, you know. That's it's, become it's, kind it's, of an yeah, empty airport. Right, right. right. And, and so Delta is moving out. Memphis, Delta is moving out. And I think it's going to change the nature of those cities in a fundamental way. This is the part of the show we call the checklist. It's a yeah. part of the show where we take a little break and probably ask you, some questions you wouldn't find on a loan application. So, uh, if Carl, start with you. What's the best day you've ever had at work? Um, the best day at the war uh, at our, at when 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 um, um, the mayor and the board said, "Let's move forward uh, to build this world-class airport that we have always been dreaming about." That was on, um, well, I think, March 19th this year. Of this year, and yes. that's uh, that's the new terminal. That's, yes. Uh, yes. I, I I see that we will finally in 2018 measure up to our community. We have been lagging behind. We just we want to measure up. It's going to take a lot of hard work, a little bit less than a billion dollars, and uh, um, but we're committed. We're committed, and I, I think that that that. We want to create the same sort of weather uh, um, that Atlanta, did, Atlanta Airport did for its city, ORD, uh, Chicago did for Chicago, uh, the Intergalactic Airport in Houston, uh, um, I'm sorry, Intercontinental Airport. <laughs> By the way, I was, I was uh, part of that uh, $3 billion capital program, and, and it was so easy to take all the business away from Louisiana. And it's an irony that I'm on this side now. I got to oh. work on the other side. Well, we're glad you're on this side. This is a, Keith, what about your best day at work? It had to be the day we had our, our very first revenue flight. Uh, the, after, you know, from the time that, that my business partner, Stan, sketched the idea on a cocktail napkin of a route map structure in the southeast, uh, to the time that the first revenue flight took off was about seven months. Uh, so it was very, very quickly, and uh, we worked exceptionally hard to get everything together. And uh, between uh, all of the, the FAA requirements, the Department of Transportation requirements, getting the website up and running, and getting that first flight off the ground, I, I was on the first flight with our fee-paying passengers, and we, uh, we, we, we have a nine-seat aircraft, so we had 30% of the plane with fee-paying passengers. We had three or four uh, fee-paying passengers, including an unaccompanied minor. 
uh, who was flying uh, from his grandfather. He was, uh, he was 15. His grandfather took him to the airport in Olive Branch, Mississippi, and his other grandfather was picking him up in, in Destin. Um, on the plane also was, uh, was a uh, young bride-to-be who was going down to uh, uh, look at her uh, wedding uh, facility where she was getting married and do a site visit. Uh, so uh, we were very excited, and when that plane landed uh, in Destin, we had a uh, we had a party at the airport, uh, like a landing party. So and it was that, a lot of work getting up to that point. It, it was, it was, and uh, actually, I'm kind of glad, right, as somebody that flies, I think. Yeah. There ought to be a lot of work done before a plane. Oh, takes absolutely, off. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes, they're all there. You know, all of the red tape is there for a reason, and I understand it. Uh, you know, I used to be very upset when I was in a in a, in a major airport and there was a delay. Uh, now I, I understand why there are delays. So. And I always end up sitting next to a guy that's never flown before. You know, a guy always says, "You know, I've never been on a plane." I always think, "Geez, snakes have been on a plane. What is the? <laughs> what are we doing here?" They. Uh, it's time to get to our pay it forward section. One of the hallmarks of the current business renaissance in New Orleans is the spirit of cooperation. Our new business community is inspired by incubators like the Idea Village and Propeller and is growing in shared workspaces like Launchpad, Beta, and the Ice House. On Out to Lunch, we ask our guests to join in the spirit of cooperation by using their experience and expertise to help along up an up-and-coming company. And, uh, Iftikhar, Keith, I'm going to uh, ask you today about a new business uh, that we have looked into called Clandestine New Orleans. It's an event planning and destination management service. They've been at it for about a year now. Uh, for visitors who want to avoid the typical tourist traps and see New Orleans the way locals experience it, Clandestine New Orleans has been in business uh, for just over a year, but Kelly Troika, who's she and her partner who put this together, uh, said they'd love to have a uh, sustainable model that they could branch out of New Orleans and branch out of uh, Louisiana, uh, more of a, a global brand. Uh, now, Keith, I know your background is in, in travel, and I want to ask you both, what do you think? Uh, what does it take? When, is it, when should somebody like this be ready to, to launch into another market? You know, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know when they should launch into another market, but they... I would look at it from the standpoint of when you have, uh, when you feel like you have done all that you can possibly do in this market, uh, th then branch out. I've seen a lot of businesses try to expand too early and get spread too thin, especially small businesses because your capital, re your human resources are, are very limited. Uh, so I would, uh, I would try to do as much as you can in, in this market, working with your industry partners here through packaging uh, and, and creating that experience for the traveler that wants to come in. You know, when it comes to the, the, those kind of packages that they can offer for a visitor that wants to come and experience real New Orleans, not touristy New Orleans, you know, working with the, the industry partners to create those packages, uh, you don't have to discount those, those packages, uh, but you, what the, the consumer is looking for is an experience. So you don't have to discount the packages, but if you can add an experience to it, that makes those packages so much more attractive and appealing. And when they can do that in this market uh, effectively, that is highly duplicatable. When when you, I, I looked on their website, they have uh, they're working with a film festival uh, to bring people to town for a film festival. Well, if you work with uh, an accommodations provider, uh, maybe a transportation provider to get here, the film festival, package all of that together, and if somebody were to buy the package, they get to have a dinner with 
the director of one of the movies. You know, that's something they can't get unless they buy the package. Once you have that kind of concept in place uh, and, you're, and you're duplicating that in, in the region where you already have a footprint, I think that, that concept, that model, will be highly duplicatable. And also, as your travelers are coming into New Orleans and they're getting familiar with your business and you're providing those unique experiences, they will want you to be in other markets. So a lot of times I think that the, the, the customer base that you are already have will dictate where they where you go because that's where they tell you they want you to be. That's, that's very easy. Now the other question uh, when I uh, got the note from Kelly was the idea that she and her partner have funded this entirely out of her, their own savings. They're not borrowing any money. What, um, when do you decide it's worth it to go ahead and to take on a little debt? Well, I think, um, well, you got to look at uh, uh, your, your revenues and expenses and um, you know, you never want your cash flow to get ahead of you. Um, uh, I think that uh, um, you know irrational exuberance, as Alan, Alan, <laughs> Alan Greenspan, Greenspan, yeah, Alan yes. Greenspan said, you know, will get you in trouble. Um, I, the, the thing is that uh, uh, my advice to them would be to look for collaborations, and uh, um, to see to see the, the to create a niche, uh, have a business model that's duplicative. Um, and in in what I mean by that is sort of uh, there are there are in the airline industry there is a legion there is Spirit Airline, a Spirit Airline is very uh, um, they be they they work very closely with travel agents, so if she could or they could work with Spirit Airline or the, the uh, ch charter airlines where 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 they would sell the package but that they are part of that package and they, they have a relationship with the airline. The airline already has, they have the customers. So, so basically you're riding that wave with some of these airlines that are more, uh, Allegiant is actually a travel agency, but we know them as an airline. They, send, they don't really sell, uh, sell tickets, they sell packages. And so if they were to uh, kind of break through that market, I think that's something that they, they would they could make money off of. And, and JetBlue started the same way. And I know speaking, you know, from my point of view with Southern Airways, if somebody were to come and help us create those kind of packages, travel packages for midweek travel, that's something we would be very interested in because we do pretty well on the weekends with our leisure markets. But, you know, uh, Monday going down to the beach or, uh, or Monday coming into New Orleans, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, those, those midweek packages, uh, that's something we'd be highly interested in, in looking at because those are things that we need to generate more business. And if we're selling more than just a ticket, if we're selling a ticket, and an experience on the back side of it that could be very useful. And of course we all know, uh, it's in, true in every city, but particularly in New Orleans, sometimes you hear people say, oh, I've been to New Orleans, I did this and that, and you thought, God, you know, it's so much better than that. You know, you've just seen, seen the kind of the touristy stuff, and uh, mm -hmm. so it'd be benefit all of us. She's done really great, by the way, in terms of uh, PR. She has, a, the company's had a nice write-up in Vogue and another big write-up in um, U.S. Airway Magazine, so that, that, al that always helps. What's next for Southern Airways? The biggest thing that we have coming into the New Orleans market will be uh, nonstop service to, to Birmingham. You know, the legacy carriers, it's going to be very difficult for a legacy carrier in the future to operate la uh, routes of less than 500 miles uh, unless they're connecting you to a hub city uh, to do so. 
so we're looking at, um, at at trying to fill that void. We're we're playing a game that they don't really want to play. Uh, it's not economically beneficial to them to fly somebody from Memphis to Birmingham anymore nonstop. That's just not what they do. Uh, they're they're tied to the hub and spoke system. So we're looking at trying to fill that void. And what do we have next for the? Uh, I know this. We're in stages with the 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 airport, but what's next? I think with this mayor and with this board, I think we're going uh, to new heights. Um, what you will see is that, first of all, in terms of passengers, that our seats coming in are in double-digit increases of seats than, uh, than 2012. So we, we wow. see passenger growth this year. We think we're going to reach about 9.2 million passengers. And uh, uh, having said that, this new terminal is a is is a big deal to us and once this new terminal is built what we want to do is we would like to also work with uh, the business uh, community here in in baton rouge for that rail line to come through the airport as and we it heard comes so much on, about yeah, is it yes it back least, on the and somebody's i i i hear that it is uh, uh there is analysis now back on track and there is some more work that's going on on it right now also, we need to have an intermodal uh, facility at the airport which connects the water, which connects the Mississippi to rail, to surface, to aviation. I think that that has been a, a sort of a limiting factor for our state in this city, in this region. Is it doable? And I think it's doable. Keith Sisson, Iftikhar Ahmed, although you're coming at it from different angles and two different airports, you're both revolutionizing New Orleans air travel. Iftikhar, as someone who travels in and out of Louis Armstrong most weeks of the year, thanks for everything you're undertaking. And Keith, thanks for bringing us a quick, efficient, and affordable way to get to the beach. And thanks to both of you for joining me on Out to Lunch today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You guys have been great. My, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Iftikhar Ahmad, the Director of Aviation at New Orleans International Airport, and Keith Sisson, Chief Operating Officer at Southern Airways Express. To find out more about flying in and out of Louis Armstrong with Iftikhar or the lakefront with Keith, follow the links on our sites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Dr. Cliff Brigden is our digital guru. The fetching Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. And you can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Eris Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at presonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you here next week for Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker and Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC.